welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. Tommy Miller. He is an interventional cardiologist for West Tennessee Healthcare. Dr. Miller, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for coming in today. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, before we kind of dive into the heart healthy resolutions that we are going to talk about, tell me a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Okay, let's yeah. let's start from the beginning. Let's do it. I'm actually from Brownsville, Tennessee. I okay. actually lived here when I was such a young child. People say that I'm really not from here because I say Brownsville, not Brownville. Brown, Brownville, yeah. Right, right. I've heard so, that a lot, yeah. But uh, but I I moved away. Okay. My family moved away to California, and that's where I spent my formative years in California. Then okay. I made my way back to West Tennessee uh, to do cardiology. Awesome. Uh, what part of California were you in? Um, I grew up in Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area. Lived okay. in Los Angeles, kind of all around, but the Bay Area is, is is my home. Well, that's great. We're glad to have you back home. Basically, that's it. So, it's that's, a full circle. That's awesome. So, tell okay. me about yourself outside of work. You know, yeah, what do you like to do? outside of work, um, I think that my most favorite thing to do is is to ride horses. And most people from California don't ride horses; they go uh, skiing or mm-hmm. surfing. Uh, that has never been my thing. It's been my horse. Uh, okay. Working with horses, uh, that's what my grandfather introduced me to. And golfing, of course, and traveling and music. Those are the type of things that I like to do. That's awesome. I never had a guest on who's like ever been involved with horses, so that's that's kind of a cool thing. Okay, so what is your role at West Tennessee Healthcare? My overall role at uh, Tennessee Healthcare is to really provide cardiovascular care for the community uh, at large. So that's kind of the basic role. But there are some specific things that that I do in terms of being an interventional cardiologist, try to help folks with uh, peripheral vascular disease and also heart disease, and solving a lot of their issues that they have uh, pertaining to that. So what's the difference? I saw your title says interventional cardiologist. What's the difference between that and a regular cardiologist? They're non-invasive cardiologists and they're individual cardiologists. Uh, the the non-invasive guys usually do a lot of the diagnosing, for instance, heart attacks or blockages in the coronary arteries. So they'll diagnose that, then we'll have a conversation, and then we'll decide on what's the appropriate treatment, whether to open that blockage that they have in the coronary arteries. And that's what I do. I'm actually the fixer. The fixer. The fixer. Gotcha. Okay. You're going in like in doing surgery, is that it's 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 a procedure. It's not surgical, but it's a procedure. It's it's uh, endovascular mean we go through the vessels to get to the heart instead of having like the cardiothoracic surgeons do surgery and they open the chest. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to open the chest. We go through arteries and veins and things like that to do our job. Gotcha. It it always amazes me the level of technology. You know, you don't have to do an open heart surgery now. You can go through a vein in the neck or the groin or wherever else that works. That's correct. It's really fascinating to me. I agree. I agree. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some ways to improve people's health. Let's um, do that. I think the the title, if you will, of this podcast is maybe five ways of improving heart health or health overall. So yeah, uh, let's, I, I, let's I think, dive I into think, it. Yes, yes. Uh, five ways in terms of you know when people at the beginning of the year people make these type of New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. and I would probably 
change that to a New Year's resolution because resolutions are usually finite. You know, most people start something at the beginning of the year, and then by the month, uh, in the month of January, they're already finished and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to say that uh, this talk is probably a lot of things that people have heard before, but I want to change that from New Year's resolution to you know, lifestyle journey because I think medicine and being in control of your health is a journey. Sure. It's a process. It's not something that's finite. It changes. Mm-hmm. So it's a journey that we have to be involved in, and I try to get my patients active in their, in their health care. Okay. So if a patient comes to see you and you're having that initial conversation about, hey, you need to make some changes, what would be the initial first change that they could start working on? <clears throat> Well, first of all, we got to talk about like risk factors. Let's talk about uh, like coronary artery disease. That's probably the biggest problem that people come in with when we talk about heart disease. Well, there are other parts of heart disease that we could talk about, but the majority of them come in because of coronary artery disease. Okay. You know, they have valvular disease, rhythm issues, the electrical system. They have congestive heart failure. They also have congenital heart. But let's kind of put that aside. And the majority of the people come in because they're having chest pain Mm -hmm. or coronary artery disease or some blockages or something like that. So that's what they generally come in for. So my first approach is start talking about what do we need to do that we can modify, right? So there are risk factors that we have for heart disease that are called modifiable risk factors. And they're non-modifiable risk factors, things that we can't change. Okay. The biggest thing we can't, we can't change our age. Mm -hmm. We just get older with time. Gender is fixed. Genetics, and because we can't choose our our family, the genetics are fixed. And ethnicity, those things we can't change. But there's a lot of things that we can change Mm -hmm. in terms of the other risk factors that we have, like high blood pressure, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, obesity, tobacco, alcohol. Those things we can change. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some risk factors. Yes. Uh, let's talk about a diet. Is, are there? We can do do you believe in quote unquote diets? Do you think diets work? I know a lot of people will say it's not a diet; it's a lifestyle. So, what's your what's your take on that? I would say yes, yes, yes to all of it. Okay, <laughs> yes to all of it because it depends upon the perspective you're coming from, right? Okay. So, first of all, before we get into all that, I I like to make sure that my patients are engaged, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I tell them. If you don't make time for your health, you'll be forced to make time for your sickness. Wow, I've not heard that. That makes so much sense, though. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So we have to be engaged, and that's why I think it's a journey. So we talk about diet, and so the southern diet was a lot of fatty foods and things like that, but the most important diet is a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. So in terms of heart healthiness, the most effective diet that we know about that has been studied is called the Mediterranean diet. And I want your folks to really go out there and look on online and look up the Mediterranean diet. Okay. And what does that mean? What, is, what, is that, what does that do? Well, basically, it's a diet that is filled with a lot of fish, mm-hmm. a lot of nuts and vegetables and good things like that. So it's kind of a pyramid. They don't eliminate the red meat, mm-hmm. but it's a very small portion of the diet. They don't eliminate the chicken, but it's a po- small portion of the diet. Okay. Even with milk and cheese, it's just a small portion of it. So it's more geared towards the raw vegetables and legumes and nuts and vegetables and things like that. So that is geared toward that. Okay. So it's a very healthy diet. It's balanced. But the biggest part about a diet is portion, portion control. I think that's kind of a thing that people miss, and I, I'm, I've been guilty of it too, is I go on a diet, I think, well, I can't have this and this and this and this, and those 
things are the things I love the most. Right. Well, I guess I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's not necessarily about cutting all that out. It's about portion. It's about portion. Correct. Right. So what I like to do to tell my, my patients then, because I've seen even with my family, when we go to eat, you know, we have these large plates and things mm-hmm. like that. And so we just eat, we eat at barbecues, we just eat, 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 which that can be okay in moderation. But in terms of on a daily basis, what I try to uh, talk to about my patients about portions, because you have to make it relevant. Mm-hmm. So I tell my patients, if your portion cannot fit in your hand, then it's too big. So if you eat small portions during the day, then you feel full. That makes sense. Right? So they can always open their hand and say, put your food in your hand. If it's way too big for your hand, then it's too big for your body. That makes so much sense. And I, I like what you meant, what you said about uh, the plates being so big. Yeah. You know, I think just as people, as we get older, we're kind of conditioned to, at least from when I was a kid, from growing up, my mom, my mom always said, you know, fill your plate and then make sure you have a happy plate at the end. I mean, exactly. It's all cleaned off. Well, yeah, right the plates are going to be bigger nowadays, you're going to naturally consume more food to quote unquote, have the happy plate. Right, right. In addition to the diet, let's talk about exercise. I, I do recommend that the more exercise, the better, but it's all about a lot of our patients are older and a lot of them have been sedentary for years. Mm-hmm. Right. So my key in terms of talking to them is to engage them is not to tell them to get up and run a mile. If I tell them to get up and run a mile. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you already set yourself up for failure. So I try to do things that are attainable, uh, do little steps, right? So a lot of times the older patients are sitting at home looking at television. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do is to tell them on the commercials, what I want you to do is to get up and move. Okay. Because commercials are between two and five minutes, depending upon the time of day. Mm-hmm. So if I can get my patients to move 10 times on 10 commercials, that's 20 minutes. And that really isn't a hard thing to do. It's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. So I want to get them moving. When they start to move, then they can start moving more. They say, oh, well, I can do this. Because we have to give them something that they can actually do. And then when they come to the office, say, hey, did you start moving? And a lot of them say, yeah, I did. That wasn't too bad, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, for an example, get up in the morning. We have processes that we do that we learned as a child, mm-hmm. right? So when we go and put our pants on, we know that we put our underwear on first, and then we put our pants on. We don't put our socks over our shoes, but we put our shoes over our socks. Mm-hmm. So it's a process. You don't have to think about that. You don't have to think about tying your shoe, right? Right. You don't have to think about brushing your teeth. So when I talk to my patients, I say, we have to make this a part of our living, a part of our lifestyle. That's a lifestyle change, right? So once we, we do that, then they're more able to buy in. You will never t- find time to exercise. You have to make time. Mm-hmm. You have to make the time. So in the morning, for an example, Everyone brushes their teeth. Most people brush their teeth between one and two minutes. Mm-hmm. So what can you do? You can do little squats for one to two minutes while you're brushing your teeth. So that's a part of the exercise and a part of the movement. The more you do, the better you get at it. Yeah. Sorry for my silence. It just it makes so much sense. Like the way you're breaking it down, I've not really heard it in terms like that. Right. And it just it seems so simple. You know, if, if you can't do a squat for whatever reason, you can walk around the house while that's you're it. brushing your teeth. Just don't right. drip toothpaste everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's really mind-boggling, I guess, in a, in a simple, if, if that even makes sense. But uh, So I know one one thing that can you know be a, a stressor on the heart is stress itself. 
Uh, so can we talk about just ways you can reduce stress? Now, obviously, stress comes from many different things. Do you have any tips on just ways to reduce that? Yes. I mean, you know, there are a lot of folks that come into our, our, our facility that have a lot of stressors. It comes come from family. It can come from m- mental disorders and things like that. So I think relieving stress is very important because it increases catecholamines when you're stressed out, and that can have an impact on your heart. So Exercise is one of the big things that can cause stress. Meditation is very good. Yoga is one of my favorite things for people to do because most people think that yoga is really easy. Mm-hmm. And it's easy in a sense, but it's a practice. And so once you start doing yoga and started getting into it, you start to learn that you, what your body can, can and cannot do. And it does give you a level of peace when you do yoga. So stress modification is very key. And sometimes um, folks may need the help from their healthcare provider in terms of medications that will assist them in relieving some stress. And I think that's very good. And we have to take a lot of that negative stigma about mental health out of our society because Mm -hmm. we, we really need it. Because a lot of our interactions with the patients in our clinic deals with dealing with their stress level or their mental health. Although I'm not a mental health provider, but we deal with that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But we need to make um, make it some way that we have a lot more access to to mental health facilities to help a lot of our patients. Yeah, I agree. Thankfully, mental health is actually becoming part of the conversation now, instead of just being like, "Oh, you need to you know man up" or you know just get over it. Thankfully, that's you know right. because in general, you know, when you have mental health issues or stressful issues, you're more likely not to exercise. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to smoke. You're more likely to drink. So you're more likely not to take your medicines as you're prescribed. So at the end of the day, you're really hurting yourself and hurting your health. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about follow-up care. In a definition, if you could give me one, what is follow-up care? Basically, follow-up care is you have a disease process. It could be high blood pressure. It could be coronary artery disease. It could be hyperlipidemia. And you get evaluated on the initial basis. And Mm -hmm. some treatment has been done for you or uh, and you need to follow up on a regular basis because things change. Your body changes, your environment changes, something may have happened to your medications. And when you follow up, it gives the doctor a chance to kind of review the information uh, and the procedures and then redirect or change what's going on based upon some of your uh, new complaints or old complaints or just say, hey, look, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going like we're going. What clinic are you at here in uh, Jackson? Or are you in Jackson? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm back in Jackson. Back in Jackson, yeah. I'm with the West Tennessee Medical Group Cardiology. Okay. Right here on Skyline. Most people know where Skyline yeah, is. Skyline is right across the street from the hospital. Gotcha. Uh, I will actually put the address okay. in the description Thank for you. listeners. If you're trying to find it, it'll be there. You mentioned the Mediterranean diet earlier. We actually did a blog on that good. a couple of weeks ago, and I'll put that link in the description as well just good, so good. people That'd can check that out. Right. Okay, so is your clinic accepting new patients? And if so, do you have to be referred by another doctor? Can you refer yourself? Uh, yes, we're absolutely taking as many patients as want to come through the door because our whole goal is to be patient-oriented. Mm-hmm. Some insurances do require that the patient be referred by a primary care physician, but some don't. Some, But the best thing to do is to call us and let us figure that out. Okay. And then we can tell you whether you we can see you directly or you need a referral. And then we'll assist the patients with all those details 
that's necessary. Awesome. You said call, which was my next question. Do you yes. have the contact information? Yes. Our contact information is area code 731-421-6510. And that's for Dr. Miller. I might answer the phone personally. If he does enter the phone personally, you'll hear a very strong voice. That'll be very welcoming. Uh, well, that's great. I'll, I'll put that phone number down there in the description as well much. so they can they can find that there. Well, Dr. Miller, thanks so much for coming in today. I really appreciate you talking about different ways people can keep their heart health and health in general top of mind. So I, I appreciate you coming in today. Well, thank you very much. Thank Absolutely. You. And Bye-bye. this has been another episode of We Talk Health.